Welcome to Hour of Devastation, the weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neill. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? Uh, my dinner was too big and I think I'm going to die. Other than that, fine. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I ate way too much before we started recording. So, if you hear nice. some uh, unpleasant noises, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all is forgiven, all is forgiven. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing I, good. I fully understand when it comes to food. Yeah, of course you do. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Same old, same old. I'm partially vaccinated. Still not leaving nice. the house ever. Yeah. It's fine. And how's your, your week in Magic been? Have you managed to play much Magic at all? Um, some. We did a modern F&M. Cool. I went 2-2. Two, two. That was fun. We did a, nice. a webcam F&M. We had 10 people. I was going to say, I assume that was that was over webcam. Yes, so yes. Restrictions haven't quite been lifted yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, even when they have, we're probably not going to do an in-person F&M for a while. Um, Sounds right. Yeah. But yeah, we did a webcam F&M. 10 people. It was, uh, it was good fun. Just nice to be playing. Cool. To be playing magic for some kind of stakes again you know it's only like for store credit or whatever but it's um it was nice to actually play some magic that wasn't just jamming games for for no real reason um cool and i just i bought a bunch of magic cards as is my way nice yeah i've bought a bunch <laughs> of old border magic cards after roughly seven days ago saying i wouldn't buy any because they're just really nice yeah, they are. They are, to be fair. They are very, very yeah, nice. That's not my fault. And they're probably a reasonable investment, which is what we all like to say when we spend too much money on magic cards. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> we've got some things to, to say about Time Spiral Remastered too. Oh, we absolutely do. I have many things to say. How's, how's your week been? Uh, mixed bag, to be honest. Um, I mean, net positive, definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also am now partially vaccinated, so I had my, th- my first one. On Thursday, uh, Thursday night, mm-hmm. woke up Friday morning just horrendously ill. Like, just had so many side effects, like sky high fevers, shiver and cold. So yeah, Friday was just like like a trip. Like I just didn't feel didn't feel like I was kind of living. Just more so <laughs> that it was just kind of kind of existing. <laughs> yeah, I know. What you mean. So that was wild. I, it was oh, bizarre. Like I. Like my body knew I wasn't ill, but also was like, "What is this? Let's, let's turn on the defenses and try to sort this out." Mm-hmm. So yeah. Friday was horrendous, and then a Saturday morning, I woke up and like my arm was in pain. I just felt like I'd been kicked in, uh, and I'm still not, still not back to my usual self. But it, it's worth it, definitely, hundred percent worth yeah, it. Yeah, I, I don't want any of this to put people off getting the vaccine oh yeah no <laughs> it's pretty miserable absolutely but not absolutely not like 100% go like yeah when when it's when it's your, your time to get it 100% go get it uh, it's it's like the least painful vaccine I think I've ever had as well like oh, yeah. didn't even feel yeah. it the needle's tiny I literally just did not feel like did not feel it at all uh, but then have spent the next the, you know, the past seventy two hours or whatever it's been feeling it, <laughs> feeling it greatly, but it's yeah a hundred percent worth it. Like yeah, pretty much over and done with now. And now a couple of weeks time, get my second dose, and then you know we're we're ever closer to life getting back to normal and maybe playing magic and paper once again. <laughs> we can That'll hope nice. so. Right? Yeah, I'm ready for the uh, horde of people on the twelfth of April that be banging on our door asking to play FNM. <laughs> to, to come in the store and play, and I will turn them away. I realised so the with the 
the timing of being like up to 11 weeks um, between getting your first and second vaccine. If I get my second vaccine in 11 weeks time, uh, the day that I get my second vaccine will be the day before Modern Horizons 2 pre-release. Ooh. So fingers crossed. Ooh, maybe. <laughs> that's... Yeah. It's possible. I mean, that, that, it's possible, and that's that's exciting. That was something I never thought was possible like a month ago. So well, you could maybe it's at least meet up with like a few people in someone's house and do a pre-release at the very least. Yeah, yeah. Sick. Okay. That, uh, yeah. So that that's one thing to to look forward to, maybe. Look, which is good. I look forward to very, your, very good. Uh, your hopes being dashed at some point. That's <laughs> <laughs> been a theme throughout yeah. this whole situation, but um, yeah, it, it's, absolutely. We've got to cling to something, right? Otherwise, we'd all be dead. Yeah, 100%. But yeah, uh, besides besides the, the horrendous side effects, uh, things have been pretty good, really. Sweet. Have you have you opened any Times Bar Remastered? Oh, not yet, not yet. So there's, there's a box on its way to me as we speak that was meant to arrive, but I haven't yet because I've been having some, some issues with the, the post in the area at the moment. Is it because of the so that... Suez Canal? I, I, I could be. <laughs> I'd be <laughs> surprised, be. but it could be. Who knows? Who knows at this point? Like, I, I'm not. I'm not really. Like, I don't really care. Like, <laughs> it's gonna. Like, it's it's on its way. It's going to get here. If it takes a couple of days longer than I expected, given everything else that's going on in the world, that's absolutely fine, and it's nothing to complain about. By the time it reaches you, the box will be worth twice the price you paid for it. Yeah, <laughs> generally what's happening at the moment. It's yeah, it's already significantly increased in value since uh, since I purchased yeah. this. Which I, I guess is quite a nice segue into uh, into our first little bit here. Oh, We're going to talk Time Spiral Remastered because hell yeah, what a situation, right? Uh, yeah, um, you know, last week when I said buy all the cards you want, uh, yep. go back in time and buy all the cards you want after you thought I was lying. <laughs> yeah, man, it's the the supply's gone. There is no more. Yep. From this point, there are at time of recording. I think there are a yeah, good couple of stores. Like, like that's it. Like the like. Yeah. But yeah. No. I I keep seeing people posting comments saying, "Oh, distributor have said there's a second lot coming," but like Wizards of the Coast said it was one print run and done. Whether that means they've done one big print run and they held some some back, which they can send for distribution as like a second wave. Which they they do do sometimes like that that could be a thing, but from the things I'm seeing from like official channels and like sources I trust who who know this kind of stuff like the bulk of that stuff is is going to Amazon, um, and yeah if if your if your store says that they are are getting any more product, stick in a pre order like 100 percent put down yeah. a down payment if you have to. Mm-hmm. There's no other way you're going to get that product at a reasonable price now. Like yeah. it, it's it's done, it's gone, and given the given the infrastructure of, of how they print supplementary sets and all of the problems they've been having in the past year due to the pandemic and just the absolute shift in the way that that printing industry is handling things, there's not another print run coming this year, if ever. Yes, I uh, I agree, and as someone who has you know is is in contact with stockists and distributors there, there isn't any <laughs> we we tried to get a, a second yeah. <laughs> a second allocation and we didn't get any because there isn't any we sold all of all of ours at 160 pounds yep. each and then there was no more um and people keep asking whether 
there are places that are still selling them for the quote-unquote normal price of a uh, of 160 pounds no that is no longer the price because <laughs> they don't exist um and the average price i think on card market for a sealed box of tonsoir remastered is about 250 euros which is roughly 100 euros more than it was a week ago <laughs> yeah. because there is none and the hype for the set is insatiable and there just isn't and there have been people talking about the prices of foils and how the price of old border foils is way too high um i don't think because yeah, we, we know the maths right it's you know, 1.3 ish per box so that means yeah, you'd have yeah. to open roughly 92 boxes to get any one specific old border foil i don't think there are 92 unopened boxes left in the uk at this point so <laughs> the amount that there yeah. is it, that, that's how many there are like and this is why i've been Sort of so aggressively buying them. Looking at looking at Magic Card Market, there are currently uh, fourteen boxes in the UK on Magic Card Market. Yep. What's the average price? Fourteen. What's the cheapest? Uh, is two hundred and thirty-seven euros and ninety-eight cents. Plus, I imagine twenty-two quid ish shipping. Twenty-two euros shipping. Oh, this this is just from from within the UK. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's the price you're paying, and by the time this episode goes out, which might be tomorrow, that'll be gone. <laughs> um, you know, people always talk about buying products and sitting on it to hope that it goes up. This was the product to do that on. You yeah. know, buying your boxes of Kalheim or Akoria or whatever and sitting on those hasn't yielded a good return yet. Transfer <laughs> uh, Remasters already has, and it's been a week. Ten, ten yeah, and there were definitely some people who were saying this like weeks ago. They were saying like, "This is the first time we've seen this product before. This feels like it's going to be like the first Modern Master set was, and it absolutely just is, a hundred percent." It's you know, we saw very similar things for the first Modern Master set when it came out. There was just yep. was not enough printed, not enough release to stores. Nobody could get their hands on it for a reasonable price, and we're seeing exactly the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. It, I guess it. it I don't know, I was going to say, it, it kind of sucks if you wanted some of the old border cards, but I don't even know if it does. Like, the old, all of the old border cards seem to be a reasonable price. The only really expensive ones are the foils, and obviously they're only going to go up and up and up, but you know, like we said last week, like th- that's good. It, it is good to have rare Chase collectible cards. Like, that hasn't really been a thing since since Masterpieces, really. Kaladesh Inventions was the last time where it actually felt like there was that level of level of exciting card, so it's nice to sort of return to that. Yeah, this is the second coming of Masterpieces, and they're a good buy. They are generally following yeah. the same trend as Masterpieces. They started out low-ish, they rocketed up when people realised that they were in short supply and rarer than we all thought. They dipped down slightly as people who had too many of them were trying to get rid of them, and now they're all being bought up. And the price is going up because there is still some demand, but the available copies are just being bought up, mostly by me. <laughs> the same, the same is kind of true of like just the non-foil or border cards. Um, I would buy them if you if you don't you know what you want a set of romans, buy a set of romans for like sixteen euros. Yeah, because they'll be. You know, in a couple of months' time, when you realise you want to play romance and you want the old border ones, they'll be like twenty-five euros for a playset. So, you know, unless it's like Contagion Clasp or Rakdos Charm, <laughs> they're not going to be cheap for long. Um, they'll be affordable, but they won't be as cheap as they are now. So, if you want them, just just 
getting on it and and unfortunately buy into the hype because you kind of have to on this one because it's it's not like yeah. um like I was saying last week like alt, alt, alternate art foil planeswalkers um which start really high and then just go to shit because they're bad cards these are actual desirable you know 95% of them are playable in, across multiple formats and they're, they're a good buy if you're interested in your money going further so I mean I've, I've bought yep. every old board of foil I can that would that would replace a foil in my Marin deck which if you know my Marin deck is a lot <laughs> um because I, I like them and I want them and I know that they're not going to be cheaper than they are now because most of the time it's like oh before the next set release they'll be the cheapest they possibly can be because then interest will die in the set they're, they're already, they've already been their cheapest they are not going to go down from here there's been like a small wave but they're never going to be cheaper than they were when they were first opened and there's yep. no more being opened yep. and I'm sick of people saying these prices are too expensive I'm not paying £400 for a foil ponder more will get opened and it won't there's no more to open. <laughs> it, it doesn't exist. If you can find a box for under two hundred and fifty pounds, it's probably fine by. Though I probably wouldn't open it at that price. Like if you just want a product, if you want to see a product to open, I probably wouldn't buy it at, you know. £200. Yeah, that's it. Like the box that I've got coming, like I'm just gonna crack because I want to. I, I want a bunch of these old border cards and. I want to open the whole order cards as well. Like I want the excitement. Yeah, uh, I did definitely. a Time Spiral remastered draft on Magic Online and got super excited just opening up the the pixels. <laughs> that got me hyped. <laughs> so I can't imagine what, what's going to happen when I open like actual factual physical ones. So so that's cool. I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, I'm 100% just going to crack the box for the experience and uh, yeah, just just see what I've got and then probably buy four copies of Honda because I won't open any yeah this is, this is the thing like it's always it's always the way with uh, with with MDG finance type stuff just understand why you're doing it you can always justify why you're spending money on things yeah. but understand why you're doing it like if you're going to buy a box at £250 oh, yeah. because you want to open it <laughs> understand that's not the best financial decision that's all that's that's all it is you can do that and like I understand wanting to do that because you know this set is really fun to open but it's probably not worth that amount of money, but if you want to spend that, then you know that's that's your business, not mine. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, to be honest, like at this point as well, like even if I if I do crack the box, I'll probably make back at least what I spent on the box as well. Like, yeah, probably. <laughs> given that I'm not, I, I paid considerably less than current market price for the box. Yeah, and if you open one of the Chase old border foils, it'll probably be at least the price of the box. That's nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, easily. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Set's wild. So that is not the only. Yeah, the set is, is it's it, it's incredible. I love it. Uh, I really do hope that they do more remastered sets in the future. Like, I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine they they wouldn't. Like, given just how successful this one has been. Uh, and yeah, I'd love to see. I mean, there's a bunch of bunch of sets really. Like, would love to see. So sort of like Ravnica remastered, where you just take the greatest hits from all the Ravnica sets and cram them into one. Uh, like Tarkir remastered would be really cool. It'd be a way to like <laughs> fix the timeline just by releasing all the best cards from the, the Tarkir sets and, and Fate Reforged. Or like it's it. I guess it's it's a way where they can return to planes which 
are really loved by by a vocal minority of players, but they haven't really got sufficient data on to justify going back to. So, you know, Lawwin is one that that always comes up in this conversation. Like Kamagawa always comes up. You always see a vocal minority complaining about, oh, we we haven't gone back to Lawwin, we haven't gone back to Kamagawa, we're never going to. But this is a way that they could address that. They could release this this old sort of love letter to those sets, and yeah, I think they've they hit a home run with this one and, and hopefully the, the following ones will as well when they finally release them I hope if they know that the reason the set's so popular is because of the old border cards and not because it's a remaster of Time Spiral yeah <laughs> uh, you know because oh I, I, I'm sure they know yeah like a reprint of Sliver Legion which was like a hundred bucks and a reprint of Elborg and a reprint of Cloud Key and Pads of Negation is good but people want the, the old board of Thought Seasons <laughs> that's the reason I mean, it's popular yeah well if you I guess just look at the cards that they've done in Old Border. Like I think they're very aware. Like the fact that they did, like you know stuff like Paradoxical Outcome and like Lavinia and stuff. Like they're specifically targeted cards that see that that get played by you know these paper boomers with nostalgia for the for the, the past. I, I mm-hmm. think they, they they know very very well what they're doing with the set. And I, I think they're aware. Good. That's the main thing. Because I don't want them to be like, oh, Transpire Remastered was so popular. We're doing. Macadian Masks Remastered and it's, <laughs> there's nothing in there that's worth reprinting I don't know I hope they do it again I mean, but I, I hope they do uh, so, so, some, more, some more Masks masks Foil Brainstorms would be nice more of those <laughs> sure but you know what I mean like because at least with yeah, this like, no, I, do. I know what you mean if you don't open the Foil Thoughtsies you still open you know a, a Wheel of Fate or a Urborg Damnation or a yeah, yeah. or a Tarmogoyf with that you open that or you open uh, Richard and Port, which is worth nothing, <laughs> which is probably the only good card left in that set. <laughs> so, yeah, I just I hope they know that they they do, but I hope they know the old border cards are the only reason that anyone's buying this product at two hundred and fifty pounds a box. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. So that is not the only set that we we got a lot more information about this week. So uh, we had on, on Thursday we had the. I don't even know what to call them anymore, like the preview hype screens. I guess the the, the release or like the the unveiling uh, stream for, for Strixhaven. And there was a lot of information in there, once again, like as, as there usually is. And we got to see quite a few sort of cards from the set and get all the mechanics and, and themes and stuff. And it's it, it, it's an interesting one, definitely. It, it feels like it is very much there their take on on a magic school like like they said it would be but at the same time i i i really do feel like I, i'm struggling to shake these these ravnica guild feelings as well what are, what are your thoughts on what, what we've seen so far which bit <laughs> i have so many feelings about <laughs> about so much of the set um yeah i think like i said last week the the hogwarts analog is unfortunate at this point because J.K. Yeah. Rowling wasn't, you know, known to be a turfy, hateful weirdo when this set would have been in, you know, pre-production when they designed all these things and like made this world. Um, so yeah. it's, it's very unfortunate that they've done like such a cool set. I mean, there's even like you know a depiction of Quidditch for God's sake. Like it's, it's not like, it's it's not accidental, right? Um, yeah. So that's unfortunate, but they have crafted what seems to be a really cool world I yeah the guild the guild thing is kind of unfortunate but they're, they're slightly different things right like yeah they, they do they do do very different 
Oh, yeah, it's like some of them do very different things to what the Ravnica girls do, but I just think, like, in terms of, like, art and appearance and stuff, I'm very much just seeing things that could be, like, oh, well, that could easily just be some Simic dude on Ravnica. Oh, that is clearly, like, some Golgari splash art that they've had sat for, like, 15 years in a in a cupboard somewhere, like... I think yeah. part of the problem is that, like, that you know, they're trying to say, "Oh, these are these enemy color pairs are very, very different to the guilds on Ravnica." And like, the problem is that over three Ravnica blocks, they've done everything that those color combinations could possibly yeah. do. So even if you do like the, this is true, the weirder stuff. There's my dinner coming back up. It's not. It's um. It still feels very similar. Like you've got stuff like I mean, oh, we'll get into like specific spoilers in a bit, but you've got like dragon, uh, dragon scar elite, which is. You know, when you cast an instant or sorcery spell, which is a strict saving specific thing, it's got Magecraft, that's the ability to put a 1-1 counter on it, and then pay 6, double the number of 1-1 counters on it, which is just the most Simic thing you could possibly do, right? That's a Simic card. Yeah. That that card could be in a Ravnica set. And like, yeah. it's, it's, it's tailored towards it's... strict saving being like, you know, the trigger on casting an instant or sorcery thing, but it's still very Simic-y. Yeah, I think given that like the identity of the guilds in Ravnica are just just so so strong, sort of iconic like images within within magic and themes within magic, I think anything that is going to be these sort of two color pairs is going to be difficult to separate. I think, like, especially when it's it's these specific two color pairs all interacting with each other, like it's going to be very difficult to remove that from any kind of Ravnica setting in my mind. Like especially since like we just had like a Ravnica set in standard for like like last year as well yeah yeah I mean give it some time I mean that 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 is probably that is probably an issue I think for me I think like if if this had come out in a year's time instead of now when Ravnica isn't as fresh in my mind uh on you know or if Warp the Spark hadn't been such like a like a big massive thing or set on Ravnica then it might be a little bit easier to sort of dissociate these from the colour parents we see on Ravnica, but and if we hadn't certainly had, something that I, I'm gonna have to get used to. If we hadn't had a quarantine where you can't leave your house for twelve months, very quickly following that set rotating yeah. out of standard, <laughs> you know, like the last yeah. the last time you played Paper Magic, you saw a lot of Ravnica <laughs> outside. So, yeah, the last time I <laughs> last time I went outside, I saw Ravnica cards. <laughs> yeah. Well, they had them at the vaccination centre. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's un, it's unfortunate, um, but you know they're they're trying to make it a slightly different. But yeah, it, yeah. But blue green does plus one plus one counters. Red red blue does damage and drawing <laughs> cards. Like you know, black green is Golgari. Black green does graveyard things and and drainy things. Like it, it's it's hard to get away from the the comparison. But I still think I still I still think it's going to stand on its own merits, and there's a lot of cool stuff going on. So I mean, do you want to? Where do you want yeah. to start? Because there's like a couple, like two distinct things we could start with: either the cards in the set or the mystical archives. Mystical archives? That sounds right. Where do you want to start? Yeah, I think we, I think we start with the cards in the set. Sure. We get to mystical archives later. We we've got a lot of feelings about those. Definitely. Oh boy, do we! <laughs> um, yeah. So I think the mechanics was was something that we we got revealed properly for the first time, uh, and there's some there's some interesting ones. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll uh, we'll go through. Uh, where have the mechanics gone? Oh, I've lost my list of mechanics here. Uh, we've got Magecraft, Ward, and Learn. Yeah, so I guess we start with Magecraft. 
So Magecraft was one which we saw last week. We talked about briefly last week on Professor Onyx. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we assumed, well, I guess correctly at this point, that Magecraft was whenever you cast it, copy an instant or sorcery spell, do X or, or do Y or whatever. And that seems to be the the case across all the cards that we've seen so far. And already it looks like it's going to be very powerful. Yeah, we were too stupid to mention the card Chain of Smug last week. But then we went on Twitter and saw everyone else talking about Chain yeah. of Smug. So now we're going to talk about Chain of Smug. <laughs> Which is yeah, well, out and I, 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 that's it. Like I was like, well, yeah, sure, you can you can chain of smog with Professor Onyx. That's fine, but Professor Onyx costs six mana. But uh, but then they previewed with a Bloom Apprentice, uh-huh. uh, which is black green for a two two human druid of Magecraft. Whenever you cast or copy instant or sorcery spell, each opponent loses one life, and you gain one life. So on turn two, so that, you cast your Witherbloom Apprentice. Then on turn three, you cast Chain of Smog, targeting yourself, and then you win the game. Or you can just do it all on turn one. You can do it on turn one, yes. Though I doubt For you. Will. Ritual, just yeah. You know, swamp, mox, like swamp, lotus petal, dark ritual. With a Bloom Apprentice, Chain of Smog win the game? Yeah, but I, I mean, I think yeah. there's, a, there's a chance for like a, a Sultai control shell to just slot four Chain of Smog and four with a Bloom Apprentice in there. Yep. And do some kind of split, split yep. between the that's backed up by Force of Will. That's it. That, that's 100% how I think you, you, you play this. Uh, I think there's, there's potentially even an argument for. Uh, sticking with a blue, or sticking like like one of each of those cards in the sideboard for Ant as well, like or I guess I guess Tez could do it as an alternate win con as well. The I think if you or even just like a, some sort of some sort of green black storm deck, like there's there's definitely definitely a just like a good deck that you can you can do that. You control the game earlier on with hand disruption, and then just eventually you get the combo and win you win through that inevitability like splinter twin did like you're not necessarily going to combo off and turn one turn two or whatever but like some games you are some games you're going to get paired up against goblins and you're going to em- empty your hand turn one and win the game yeah other games you get paired up against delver and then you just you just win through playing like a solid i guess controlly deck and yeah. then you just happen to have a combo I mean, and win. That, this thing i think you know if you play it in like a, a controller mid-range shell where you've got like I don't know, Gurmag Anglers or Tarmogoyfs or some kind of reasonable threat. You also yeah. have a 2 mana 2 2 which can attack, and then every time you cast a, a Ponder or a Brainstorm, it also drains them for one, which is going to yeah. mount up really quickly and be some kind of clock. So, uh, And then you have the, the option to combo, and I guess you also have the option to cast a really bad Hymn to Torak, which isn't going to be terrible all the time, especially if you're Hellbent. Yeah. So. That's it. Like I think you you can probably just play like a reasonable, like black green deck that is just built around, around Thor's teasers, around him to Turax, and you protect yourself with Veilus on a play four Veilus on a main board, and then just, just hand disruption stuff, and then combo and win. Yeah. I don't even think you necessarily have to be Zoltai. I think I think there's the broom potential with this mechanic and this card, and I guess this interaction really, is. It kind of feels like it's it's kind of just unbound at the moment. Like you, you can do anything. So I'm looking forward to see what the best version of of this deck ends up looking at. Looking like yeah. I mean, you could even play it with Lurus as well. Like yeah, yeah. It's very it's very <laughs> true. I mean, this is the certainly the most interesting Magecraft card we have so far because of that interaction. Yeah. 
Um, I guess we'd, we'll, you know, do a proper, I guess, set review once we have all the cards, because we don't, we only have a few cards currently. Yeah, I mean, there are there are some some definitely other good ones as well. I think I really like Stormkiln Artist, potentially for a storm deck in standard. Uh, three and a red for a 2-2 two, two, Dwarf Shaman. Uh, it gets plus one plus zero for each artifact you control, and then it has Magecraft. Whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, create a treasure token. Uh, it plays really nicely with Bergy. Um, you can draw cards, make loads of mana. It's, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's good. I think that card's definitely going to see some play in standard and probably historic I mean, as well. we'll get onto the reason it's going to see play in historic at some point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's there's a few interesting cards. Like, yeah, that that one, like the Stunken Artist with the, making a treasure for Magecraft is certainly powerful. We have some slightly worse Magecraft abilities, mainly like Lawhold Apprentice, which is very specific yeah. and terrible. Whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell and turn of turn, spirit creatures you control gain tap. This creature does one damage to each cre- each opponent, which is just weird. Um, it's very specific. Yeah, and then even stuff like, yeah, I it, that's it. it's very specific. I don't think it's going to be good at all. Like potentially, it gets you there in in a draft deck maybe, but yeah, I don't know. But then even looking at stuff like like Dragon's Guard Elite. Uh, one in the green for a 2-2 two, two human druid, magecraft, whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, put a plus one plus one counter on it, and then you can pay four green green to double the number of plus one plus one counters on it. Like, typically, or I guess in a set with, in a set with any other, like, magecraft-like creatures that just didn't have the abilities that the ones we've spoken about already, like, this would look really good, like, this would look ridiculously good, but... There's just like busted combos of over, over like worse ones. <laughs> I mean, I it just I do the fact that that this card is still it, this card is still good, and this is this isn't even one of the best ones. Like I I do love I, I think Magecraft all... is going to be a very very good mechanic. Yeah, with this train. I uh, I do love any and all Korean Dryad analogs, <laughs> and this is certainly yeah. a powerful version of that. Though we have seen that. Korean Dryad is not as good as it used to be <laughs> since it sees no plans yeah. whatsoever. Um, but I mean, this is certainly more powerful than that, and it's got it's got potential to be a powerful thing. But just you know, something that arbitrarily yeah. grows as you play the rest of the game is pretty good. Um, yeah, Magecraft is it's a very boring mechanic. Did some the nuts and bolts of it. Um, you know, it's just a spell slinger mechanic. <laughs> when you cast an instant, okay, or copy an instant, or sorcery, do a thing. But it's certainly got potential to be powerful. Um, yeah, let's move on to uh, another mechanic. Yeah. Cool, so another me- new mechanic we have is Learn. Uh, learn is you may reveal a lesson card you own from outside the game and put it in your hand, or discard a card to draw a card. Yeah, so uh, wish for a specific card type or rummage. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it, it, it's an interesting one. I, it's, it's doing that thing... I guess in a similar space to Companion, where it's just it's taking full advantage of the, of the sideboard. I feel like this this mechanic was very much designed with like best of one magic in mind. <laughs> yep. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how much I like this mechanic or not. Uh, I honestly, this is the kind of mechanic that I am way too stupid, or at least not invested enough to work out how powerful it is. I'm going to have to wait until some pros do some brewing and look at what they think. 
Um, I think that it might have been very powerful, and then the, the companions thing happened, and they went, have we still got time to tweak the numbers on these? <laughs> and they, they, they tweaked the numbers considerably. I think that's what that's. It's happened. possible, yeah, because I mean, most of the lesson cards, because I, I don't actually know for sure, I'm assuming you can just put a lesson in your deck if you want, right? They're just legal magic cards, they don't have to be they don't have to be learned for, right? You can play them in your deck. No, no, no. They're, they're just sorcery cool. spells. Cool. It's cool. just, yeah, Good. it's a spell I was just checking. Um, they're all kind of overcasted or slightly underpowered for what they do, but the fact that you can cast a spell and go get it is, yes. is where the power lies. Um, so yeah, you've got, like, Pop Quiz, which I, I hate as a name for a magic card. It's two and a blue instant draw a card, which is terrible. And then it has learn, so you can go and get one of these lessons, and then you can learn for uh, confront the past, which is X and a black for choose one, return target planeswalker with convert mana with with oh, I need to convert mana cost, return target planeswalker yeah. card with mana value X or less from your graveyard to the battlefield, or remove twice X loyalty cards from target planeswalker and opponent controls. Very niche and kind of not very good. It's having to pay the mana cost again for a planeswalker that's died and. You have to have a planeswalker. Anyway, it's it's yeah. not a great spell, but when you can cast a spell and then chew it for it and cast it, it's, it gets a little more interesting. It does. I think pop quiz in particular is is reasonable because you can you can just disregard the lesson part and then you can you can just rummage instead. Like three mana draw a card and then rummage could be quite good. <laughs> three mana draw a card, discard a card, draw a card. Nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then we we do have some some colorless lessons as well. Which are very generic, so we've got three generic mana for Scry Tooth and Draw a Card as a lesson, which yeah. I imagine are just there for uh, draft purposes. Just to have a lesson available that you can learn for. But um, yeah, yeah, they're, they're, it's it's an interesting mechanic. Like I said, I'll have to wait and see uh, what pros do with it and whether we get any yeah. you know rares with Learn or the art lessons that are super pushed. But I kind of don't feel comfortable evaluating it currently. I'll just wait to see what yeah, I, does. I, I can't remember exactly. I think I think all lessons are at common because lessons take up the um the in, there aren't any basic lands in any of the um the packs. Strixhaven packs don't have basic lands, uh, but they all have a lesson. Well, they so I think I think they're all at common. No, no, no. Because they don't have their own The slot. colorless ones are all at common, I think, but they confront the past as a lesson, it's a rare. Oh, oh, okay. So there will be some, oh, will yeah, be some yeah. other rarities, but I imagine yeah. the 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 colorless one. So the cold colorless ones. Are yeah, coming. you'll yeah. you'll just that you'll definitely sense. get a lesson because it's a it's part of the draft mechanic and it's fun and it's it's very um, yeah flavorful and etc etc. But some of the like the colorless ones aren't good. They're just okay if you can learn for them and get some value. Right. It's like introduction to annihilation is a five minute sorcery exile target on nine permanent. It's control that draws a card. Yeah. It's not great, but when you've cast a spell that's reasonable anyway and then you get to tutor that and it's just an extra spell you get to cast like that's pretty good Yeah, I imagine that spell probably cost one mana and then <laughs> they saw companion and changed it <laughs> yeah that's that's learn slash lesson which is a, a cool mechanic I like it it's it's a yeah. specific wish which I think is it's cool yeah like you said I think it's very much designed for best it's, of it's, yeah it's definitely interesting interesting in that in that good way yeah Fully, fully agree with that. I, th- I think that's, you know, quite possibly with the with the companion thing as well. I, I think they saw like, oh, we've got all of this extra space for best of one. How can we how can we utilize this? And yeah, I, I think 
it's interesting. Like you're right. I think we'll we'll probably leave it up to up to some pro player to break it before we fully fully evaluate it. But I I like them exploring this kind of design rather than doing something completely ridiculous. Yeah, and it's flavorful and it's cool. But yeah, I'm not sure how good it is yet. <laughs> cool. So now our last new mechanic is the evergreen one. This is a new evergreen ability. Uh, is ward. Uh, ward is whenever opponent with ward becomes the target of a spell or ability an opponent controls, counter it unless that player pays an additional cost. So we finally which usually it's been two. Yeah, we finally keyworded uh, frost titan's ability frost titan. for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's ward and then a number, which they say is commonly two currently, from what yeah. we know. Uh, but I guess this is just replacing hexproof because everyone keeps complaining about how much they hate hexproof. <laughs> uh, so I guess we get this. Yeah, instead. that's that's it. Like I think I, I get that. I fully get that. I think hexproof, especially when it comes to limited, uh, seeing hexproof for common, which is something that we've definitely seen in the past, is awful. Uh, so if we can get rid of that, that would be cool. But Ward seems to be the the well. They haven't said that hexproof is going away, but ward is is the new evergreen mechanic. So I assume we'll be seeing this this frequently. Um, yeah, I kind of I kind of like and it. It's 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 a lot less feel bad than hexproof, definitely. Yeah, I, I like the uh, this is going to function like hexproof where you want it to function like hexproof most of the time, and yeah. it's going to function. You know, it's going to allow people to play games where hexproof would normally allow them not to play games. Yeah. So in limited, when you tend to have some spare mana around and you're casting your four mana removal spell, but you have six mana, you can do that. And they still, you know, your opponent still got the, the potential to protect their creature because it had ward, but you can still beat it. Whereas if it had hexproof, that's just not going away. Um, yeah. But then, you know, if we have um, a boggle type of creature, which is just, you know, a single mana for one one with ward two, it's going to function fairly similarly to hexproof when it matters. So like early yeah, on, they're definitely. not going to be able to chuck a removal spell at it, and it means that if they do chuck a removal spell at it, they can't do anything else because they're having to spend two additional mana. So it's still going to have that sort of that power, but it, it definitely amps down the power level, which is which is what people want because hexproof is miserable <laughs> for a lot of people. <laughs> and also, I'm quite excited for potentially getting a new uh, green spell that might be playable in Infect. Where you just yeah, totally. Put a spell totally. plus ward two is probably kind of reasonable. Yeah, I I love Frost Titan. It's a big, 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 big fan of Frost Titan. So I, I'm sure they'll print some some things that I'll enjoy playing that have the ward ability as well. Yeah, yeah, ward's ward's a cool one, and I like that it's going to be evergreen. Yeah, and I'm excited to see it just across the board now. Yeah, I, I do kind of hope hexproof gets retires because hexproof is not fun. You know, like how much better is um, Invisible Stalker if it has ward too instead of hexproof? Yeah. That just cha- that just like dramatically changes an entire draft format. <laughs> so I, I I like this implementation. I hope it does replace hexproof. Cool. Cool. And I guess finally we did get our cycle of dual lands as well. Uh, it was was not the cycling lands like we'd predicted last week. Um, <sighs> yeah. Despite the the abundance of the word cycling in, in that spoiler from from Mark Rosewater, uh, we got the. What are we? What are we calling these lands? Um, these were never good enough. The show to lands, deserve, the peak lands, uh, the, the cycle. Yeah, I never knew anybody to sort of settle on a name. Like, I've seen show lands, I've seen peak lands. Shadowlands, I think. Because but I, I guess. I, <laughs> yeah, I guess 
snarls is probably what we're going to go for now, which I really hate. Yeah, I don't know what what is a snarl. Uh, as opposed it's like to, yeah, a, yeah, outside of a facial expression. That's it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, snarls. I think in the law, snarls are like the the like the the, the event horizon where these two types of of of, of color pairs meet. Oh, okay, that's on that that's kind of cool. The meat in the, in the snarl. I mean, I hate the word, but I, like I don't the know. Concept, I, guess. I yeah, I really hate the word. Yeah, like, horrible, it just horrible. it doesn't make sense. It sense as like a as like a place to me. Like it just like I think of it and I just think yeah, like the 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 facial gesture. I guess. Yeah. It's... Makes me makes me think of the word sneer. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not a pleasant word. Um, yeah, these uh, <laughs> these lands we know aren't very good. And you yep. play them because you have no they're, effects. They're fine. Yeah, that's it. Like they're fine, and they. I don't know. I don't even know if they're going to see that much play in standard, even as well, because the uh, the pathways are really good. Uh, like for what they are, the pathways are fantastic. And we still have and triumphs. Like, yeah, we still have triumphs, and triumphs are are great. And they also cycle if you draw them late. Like these interact nicely with the triumphs because you can you can flash a triumph to bring this in untapped, but. You could just play a, a pathway instead. That doesn't require yeah. like you to have any sort of hoop. Most of the most of the problem yeah. with with these lands the first time around in in shadows was you'd keep a two land hand, and then you play your two lands, and then you draw your third land, and it'd be one of these, and it would have to come in tap because you play your two other lands. Yeah, and that feels miserable. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I. They're not. They're not good. Also, in like shadows, we had like fetch lands and uh, the battle lands. Uh, the battle lands as well. Yeah, like the mana was too good. Yeah. So like that's when they were at the peak. That's when they were the best and and like actually playable. And they weren't amazing mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. Now like they're just they're just I don't know. I don't know what deck wants to play these. Like I really don't. It's weird as well because they're not even like EDH cards. Like I, yeah. no one. No one I know plays the Shadowlands in the EDH deck because they just suck to top deck. And you want them on turn yeah. one when you also have one of the appropriate lands to reveal in your hand and you don't want them any other time. Um, these <laughs> might be played just because we don't have enough enemy color lands for mana bases sometimes, but. Yeah, possibly. It's not even like, oh, sweet, these will be, you know, a couple of quid forever because all the EDH decks want them. Nope. These are just bad. And it's going to fit. You know, I know a lot of new players don't like opening rare lands. A lot of players in general don't like opening rare lands because it's not an interesting thing to open out of the booster pack. When you open one of these, a particularly bad rare jewel land, it's not yeah. going to feel great. I, I'm somebody who loves opening rare lands. Like, opening rare lands is like one of my favourite things to do. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not going to be excited to see these. At least the art's very nice. Yeah, the art's incredible. Yep. That's basically where my love for them ends. <laughs> even the... And that's the segue. Go on, yeah. Yeah, speaking of art, uh, is it time? It's. It, I think it's time. Uh-oh. So we, that's the the mechanics and all, all the cool things that we've seen so far. We we haven't seen a whole load of cards, so we're not really going to talk about many individual cards themselves yet this week. We'll do that a bit further down the line. Uh, but we did get all of the uh, the mystical archives previewed now, and uh-huh. there's something else, aren't there? <sighs> there's a lot of things to be said about mystical archives. Um, where, where do you want to start? I think there are three distinct segments for this segment. Where do you want to start? 
Um, I think for me the easiest and the segment where I have the least to say is uh, the Japanese ones. Okay. The Japanese ones are all absolutely incredible. Yes. I please just sell them all to me now. I want them all. These are the first magic cards that I've first magic cards I can remember just in ever like wanting to just collect, like not necessarily play with them, just just collect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I just want them all. I love them. They are perfect. Yes, all the art is incredible. Uh, I do have my one complaint, which is not really a reasonable complaint, but it's one I have anyway. Um, I don't know what any of these are. <laughs> Some of them you can tell because it's you know got a picture of Mizix on it, and you can tell that that's Mizix Mastery. One of them's got a picture of Tezzeret on it, so you can and a Phyrexian Mana symbol, so you can tell that it's Tezzeret's Gambit. One of them is six and a white, so you know it's approach the second turn because only one of these has six and a white as a mana cost. If you're just playing a single black or a single white and putting one of these on the table, I have no idea what that does. Because, you know, as someone who likes to play with uh, Japanese language cards, I have the Japanese language version of the set card that everyone knows the art of. So, you know, when I play a Knight of the Relic Ray, even though it's in Japanese, most people will know what a Knight of the Relic Ray looks like, so they'll know what the card does. These <laughs> exist only in Japanese. And See, I, I think... I see. I, I think I think you raise an interesting point there because not necessarily everybody will know what a Knight of the Reliquary looks like or, or yeah, is. Yeah, but if I'm in a legacy side event, they will, right? You know I mean, like the places I played these, the, the Japanese yeah, cards, yeah. I'm expecting my opponent to vaguely have an approximate knowledge of the format. Which, again, you know, I, yeah. I, know, I have felt bad in the past when people don't know what my cards do and I have to call a judge over to give an oracle text on the card. And, you know, that's one of the, the downsides of, of playing with non English cards. And I understand that. But these ones, they don't. There's no chance that anyone knows what any of these cards do. So you do what you just said, and you call a judge over, or you Google it. Yeah, it's, which isn't an ideal thing like, for what's a product. Is my point. I like. Like what's the encouragement? I, I understand the thing, complaints, I but I, I feel like it's just it's just such a non-issue. Like it really is such a non-issue. I think like I can't imagine like a we're actually gonna see. Like many of these, like you're actually ever going to see many of these, it, it, like across the table from you, um, and the times that you, the times that you do, like yeah, you, you're talking about playing stuff in Legacy. Like I can't imagine we sat down opposite somebody playing Legacy and like they're just going to lie to you, <laughs> or like like you yeah, know. Yeah. No, I, that's the thing. I, I understand just, the... Like call, call a judge. Like the, the same as same as like any other card. Mm, yeah. Like call it if you don't understand what a card is. If you don't believe the card is what your opponent says it is, like call a judge. Yeah, I no, I agree. If there's no judge, whip out your phone and Google it. Yeah, it. Like I, 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 I understand it. I just feel like it's such, it's such a, such a non-issue. Like it really, really. Yeah, it's is. not a hell I'm going to die on. I just think it, it's, it's a reasonable concern to bring up. I think with these cards, um, that I agree with all the counter arguments, and it, I, I'm not going to care ever if someone does play one of these and I don't know what it does. You know. Like, like it's it's totally fine, and the art on them is just absurd. Like how how is it how is it different? I mean, like yeah, like it, it's no different to, than like going to it's no different than, than like going to Japan for a pre-release. Um, that's um. I mean, like you know, like <laughs> take take like take the like take the logistics out of it, but like what, what you are know, you or, what are you talking about? <laughs> What are you talking about? 
That's completely like, different to me going to my local oh. game store to play in an event and then I'm someone not, plays I'm an undecipherable card against me. It's very different for me travelling to Japan and opting in I'm to play about, like, not, not, not the logistics of travelling to a different country and playing a foreign card. It's that's like, opt-in. okay, let's say... That's opt-in. I'm opting to go and play against no. Japanese people with sure. Japanese cards on them for the most part. I'm not opting into someone playing a card that I don't know what it does. Okay, sure, <laughs> sure. I kind of understand your point. But okay, yeah, but in in that <laughs> in that instance again, though, like just call it. Yeah, judge, yeah, like... yeah. No, I think yeah, the counter bucket makes it like it's if they play against me, they're not going to lie about what the card does. They're not going to specifically. Bore... Yeah, I, th- I think I think so. My 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 issue there though, I guess so like I guess the point I was trying to make was like, yes, it's it's new art that you're not familiar with, but so is like every other card in the set in foreign language or every other. Like card in any new set in, in a foreign language, it's going to have new mm-hmm. art, and you can have like it's it's only sixty seven cards. Most of them you're not going to come across ever outside of the ones that see regular play in you know formats you play. In which case, you're going to know know what those are. So I don't know. I just feel like it's such a it's such a non issue. No, I, I yeah, I I agree. And then you said that thing about going to Japan, and now I'm ready to argue again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the main thing is they all look really, but, really cool. Yeah, I just, I just think they're amazing. They're, they're so good. Yeah, every single one looks absolutely fantastic, and I I want to collect them. Yeah. I've no, I haven't felt like that about Magic cards for I don't know for forever. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to buy them yeah, all. Yeah, like, <laughs> I think as well. Like even the art on all of them is is incredible. Um, no one's disputing that. They they look amazing, and even just outside of the art, the the templating on them is just really nice. Like yeah. the the you know the scrolling down Japanese text for the name of the card, the the suspended mana symbols, and just the the box. It just it, it's just a really well designed. Yeah, thing. It's the only thing, the only thing that I don't like is the the set symbol. I really like the set symbol. Stamp. It looks really cool. I don't like it. Yeah, not a fan. I think it just. I don't know. Maybe it's like the placement of it that I don't quite like. It looks. It looks like I think a stamp. If, they, if they'd, well, that's it. Like it's meant to be like like a Hanko stamp. But I think if they put it in like, let's say they put put it in like the bottom right hand corner of every text box, and it was red, like that would look really cool. But I just yeah. I don't like the way it just kind of floats there, and like the different colors sometimes get lost in the artwork. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that, that's that's my only criticism of them, and that's got absolutely nothing to do with the art of the artists. Yeah, it's a. Uh... Uh, apart from what I just said, they're a, a, a slam dunk. And maybe I do want to pick up the growth spirals because I've just seen the growth spirals again. And holy crap, they're so good. Now speaking of templating and borders, no, they're all amazing. I, I I couldn't even I couldn't. Yeah, go for it. The the, uh, the non-Japanese mystical archives. Yeah. God, I hate them. They are they are something, right? I, Hate to this border more Most than I've hated anything else. Yeah, that's not true. But I don't like them. <laughs> I don't like them at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, most of mo- I fully, fully agree for, for for most of them. There's probably like a handful that I I do like and I do like the templating on, but it the vast majority of them it, it looks strange. So the the way like the border and, and frame is supposed to be. It's supposed to be like like an old scroll that's been you know painstakingly beautifully quilled by monks to 
like forever ago and it's been stored in the old bibliotheque on a scroll and like that's cool that's really really cool but then the art the art is just so not like that on like any of the cards it's just it's completely different to the border and it's it's really really jarring and i i don't think it does the art justice i don't think it does the border justice at all like i think if if they had done some sort of you know traditional medieval style uh, it's like like tapestry art for each of them that would look really cool it would be a completely different thing but that would look really cool or if they'd, they'd gone the other way and they'd made the border more like the art on the cards that would also be really cool but i think now you just got this like weird jarring mix of the two that i, I just don't think looks good it's it's really weird like like we'll, we'll get onto the art specifically in a minute like the art across the board is incredible and i love all the actual pieces of art on the cards but yeah like you say it just doesn't it doesn't yeah. gel with the, the border because like when you when you look at the other showcase arts like you have um like the the storybook arts from eldraine and the border yeah. works really well because they're all like storybook illustrations right they, they're meant to evoke the feeling of a, like a watercolor storybook and they all work really well and also the border sort of blends in with the art and the same with yeah, the Caltime showcase ones yeah. where it's it blends in and they're all done in the same style and that the art seems to like bleed into the border and sometimes you can't really tell where the border starts and ends and where the art begins and and whatever these is just like it's just the the art is very different they've got a bunch of different artists who all, all have very different styles and then you've got this border which is just like a block calf which is a completely different style it has these really bright brash colors like the yellow is just so bright and such a horrible shade yeah. of yellow which is really juxtaposed against like the the kind of faded parchment, and then you have the color of the the card as well as so you've got your black or your green or or your blue, which is the, again like a really bright color that just look it, it's just kind of unpleasant to look at, which is a real shame. Yeah, the that's it. I, incredible. I think the ones where where I think the border works and, and looks nice are the ones where like the art is is that dark and sort of dingy colored. I think like Inquisition of Kozlek looks really cool. And like Village Rights looks quite good with that border as well, and then maybe, maybe Urza's Rage and Crows and Grip as well. But they're all sort of dark, muddy colours and stuff, and it like pretty much every single other one just it just looks so off. Yeah. Which is a real shame because, like you said, the art the art on every one of them, pretty much is 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 just it's fantastic and work just like they all work amazingly as sort of standalone pieces of yeah. art. I think. But just seeing them with with this border and, and and this this design over the top of them, just it's really jarring. Yeah, I think the two that, that work for me the most with the border, even though I do hate the border, is claim the firstborn and manatee. They mesh quite well with the border. Yeah, they, they look kind of cool, but for the most part, the border just doesn't work with the art, which is a real shame because the border's cool. Outside of if it was more faded, I think it would work better. Like the, you know, it was like faded, like it was on a parchment. Like the yellow was more muted and the colors weren't bright. Well, yeah that's what i mean like if 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 the border was was different and it was more in line with with you know the majority of the artwork then it would look a lot better and we'd have much nicer looking cards or, or if they had gone the other way which which i would love to see but we'll, we'll probably never see that like you know if they'd done like a old traditional medieval style etchings for each of them like that would be cool but yeah i just i just don't understand yeah how they got to where they yeah. got but that being said the, the art's really cool and I like them now there are three more things 
that I would like to say about it. Yeah. One of them is very much my domain, one of them is very much your domain, and then one of them is just a small thing we can we can just brush past. The small short one cool. is Abundant Harvest is a card that we have as a Mystical Archive, which is a yes. brand new card, yes. which will be in Modern Horizons 2. But it will not be legal in Modern until Modern Horizons 2 comes out later this year, but it yeah. will be legal in every other format apart from Standard. Because... Yeah. And Pioneer. Yeah, because why not? And Pauper. But you know what I mean. Like, fine, Legacy Vintage and Commander. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it will be modern legal once Modern Horizons 2 comes out. It is, it is a single green for a sorcery. Choose land or non-land. Reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a ch- card of the chosen kind. Put that card into your hand the rest of the bottom of your library in a random order. So it's abundance as a one-mana sorcery as opposed to a four-mana enchantment. It's a single cast yeah. of abundance, right? It's you can... This card is very good, I think. Yes, I think this has applications in probably lands in legacy lands because it's one green where you can either shoot it for the land you want or one of the very few spells you're playing in the deck and I imagine you think yeah. it's quite good in Tron yeah <laughs> yeah. I I, th- I think it's it's definitely something that I'd I'd like to test in Tron maybe cut two Sylvan Scrying for two of these uh, I don't think it's as good as like Ancient Stirrings um, in like Monogreen Tron specifically but I think like, like early game if you if you pick one of these up before you, you find your lands, like having this, I'd keep a land. I could keep a hand that was like forest, as a land. This over forest as a land. Sylvan Scrying probably. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. But that's that's that black card. It's it's brand new. It's not legal and standard. It won't be legal in modern until later this year. But it is legal in Commander and Legacy and Vintage if you open it in your Strixhaven pack for some reason. I think it'll be it'll be interesting to see like what rarity this is going to be in Modern Horizons 2 when that comes out. My money is on Cuz obviously cuz cuz they're all they're all uncommon rare and mythic in um in mystical archives which I have strong feelings about. Um they I mean this is this is for arena. This is for wild cards in arena. That's it. <laughs> Like literally all it is. Like this mean like if you you want to place it of any of the good ones, you gotta you gotta spend that money, buy those those gems and get those wild cards. Yep. Which uh which sucks. Like there's no reason why they, they couldn't have had them a, a common, uncommon, rare, or mythic, or just have them all at the same rarity. Yep. Like given that there's gonna be one in every single pack. It's uh it's very frustrating to see them be so greedy for the, the rarities, because that's all it is. That's hundred percent what it is. It, it, it it's greed. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think this is probably an uncommon, uh, based on power level, and the fact that like yeah. you can look at the other ones. So like, for most of them, things that are traditionally commons are uncommons, as mystical archives. Things that are traditionally uncommons are rares, and things that are usually rares are mythics. So that's generally like you know not yeah. that's not true of everything, but like that's generally the thing. So the fact that this is a rare in the mystical archives suggests that it's probably an uncommon in the actual set. I would assume, yeah. or something. I don't know. It might be a rare because it's quite powerful. I think it's a very powerful effect, and abundance is rare. So, right. Um, can I get onto my rant? <laughs> I guess we'll have to wait till Modern Horizons two to come out to find Ooh. out. Yes, go ahead. Rant time. Uh, okay. Faith of Saluting. It's a magic card. Yeah. It's a card in that it has a, a mystical archive printing. At rare. It has two mystical archive printings. It yes. does. The non-Japanese one. <laughs> Oh wait for this train. This train's gonna interrupt my flow. The the non-Japanese one. 
is illustrated by Carly Mazur, I believe. It's a little bit pixelated on Mythic Spoiler. Yes. So this this doesn't look like a traditional Magic the Gathering art. It does not look like the art that you would tend to find on a Magic the Gathering card, right? Yeah, I I would go as far as to say that we've never had art on a Magic the Gathering card that looks like this before. Yes, it is jarring to look at, coupled with, as we've explained, the horrible border. <laughs> yep. <laughs> also coupled with the fact that this is... <clears throat> A portrait piece that has been cropped in half to fit onto the art of the magic cup. A lot of people have looked at this and said it is the worst thing they've ever seen, that the art is terrible, that it's amateurish, that it has no talent whatsoever in the art, that it's awful, that it hurts their soul to look at, that it hurts their eyes to look at, which is ridiculous. I understand not liking art. There's many arts on Magic cards I do not like. There's many art in the world that I do not like. There are many illustrators whose work I do not like. (laughs) You will never hear me talking about that because it's extremely tacky to just go all over the internet talking about how you think an artist's work is shit. Someone who's put a a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of effort, who has, I assume, qualifications, who is qualified enough to be commissioned by Wizards of the Coast to do a Magic card. They're more talented than you, is my main point. People have been spouting off about this all over social media. It's the worst thing they've ever seen. The artist has seen all of it, of you just, you, random nobody who plays Magic the Gathering, talking about how much you hate their artwork, how you think it's terrible. It's not terrible. If you don't like it, I understand that. It's very jarring to look at. It's a very photorealistic figure, like the, 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 the skin of the, the person on the card. It's extremely detailed. That's hand-painted with a paintbrush on a canvas. It's not like digital art. They've not just found, they've not just Googled a stock picture of a human being and then like MS painted some block colours on top of it. They've painted that with their hands. It's extremely talented and detailed work. Yeah, no matter what Craig on Facebook suggests. <laughs> exactly. It's a fucking painting. Like, it's an absurd amount of detail and hard work has gone into that piece. And then, because it's their stylistic choice, it's the style of this artist, the style of this artist that Wizards of the Coast has specifically chosen, they've then put sort of abstract block colours it looks like a like a collage piece it looks like mixed media it's not it's all hand painted on a canvas these like flat block colors of red and orange and gray the background looks like stained glass they've they've put those on those on purpose and it's a painting that they've done <laughs> they've crafted it they've not just got pieces of paper and stuck them to a, a photo of a human being it's painted it's talented right and it's really frustrating to see a bunch of people who don't know anything like i'm going to sound snobby and like an arsehole and elitist but i do all the time anyway so it's fine <laughs> A bunch of people who don't know the first thing about art spouting off about how this is the worst thing they've ever seen. Who clearly just have never seen art before. There's some art on Magic Cards, which is objectively shit. It's objectively not well done, and I don't really know why they've been commissioned. But I never talk about it, and I'm never (laughs) going to call out the people who do it, because they've still put a lot of work into it, and they're still a billion percent more talented than I am. Because I cannot draw. And it's really frustrating to see a bunch of people who don't have any background in art, who don't have any background in art appreciation in any kind of way, just shit-talking this piece of art. I get if you don't like My, it. My uh, favourite interaction on it was uh, Rhystic Studies, Sam from Rhystic Studies, mm-hmm. uh, with just the best tweet of the year so far, which is, uh, years of instructive art vids and you dipshits still talk about illustration like children. Exactly. Shameful. Exactly. It's ridiculous. You've got, you've got people like Sam from Rhystic Studies. Who's a- Rhystic Studies. Rhystic Studies. One of the nicest people in, in just, just in <laughs> yeah, life. Yeah. Putting the magic community on blast. Yeah. 
like it's, it's really because yeah. rightfully yeah, so people people like Sam from Research Institute put so much work into like trying to teach us fucking idiots about art right and about illustration and about yeah. the art of magic arts and does great work they're, they're great informative and entertaining videos and then you just look at this one piece for three seconds and go no that sucks I hate it and furthermore I'm going to go on social media and talk about how much I hate it and laugh about it it's it's extremely childish it's extremely tacky especially coming from people who i know can't fucking draw it's really really annoying to see that kind of thing just like and the artist has tweeted about it and like been very gracious and been like oh you know people have been tweeting about my art whether they hate it or they like it and you know <laughs> they're taking it on the chin but it's still gonna make you feel shitty right if you know hundreds of people yeah, are just oh, absolutely. talking smack about your art that you put so much work into and I understand not liking it it's a weird jarring piece and it's an artistic style if you see the full canvas please go to this this artist it's Carly Mazur go to their Twitter and look at the full piece like the full canvas and it, it, it's, it, it, it hits different <laughs> is what I'll say about it yeah that's it um, I, I don't like the art myself mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not a fan of the art and, myself and fuck you Joe that's fine but yeah <laughs> like that's like that's fine that's totally totally fine uh-huh. yep. I, I don't think it's a bad piece of art. I don't think it like this is the worst thing I've ever seen. I don't think that oh this shouldn't be on a magic card. This this person shouldn't be an artist. Like You're no, like not idiot. at all. Like this 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 art is just not to my mm-hmm. liking. Look at the other piece of art that this artist has done for the set. Incredible. Like yep. one of if not my favorite of of the of the regular uh of or I guess the the English language. Um, mystical archive cards it's it's fantastic again frustratingly the vast majority of this art is actually obscured by the, by the, yeah, the stupid by border, the border frame yeah. as well yeah yeah like you can't see like the river of blood that she's like meditating over like running through the middle of the card because there's a stupid text box that it's got like, six lines to say draw three cards in the way but yeah Oh, yeah. This, this is this is my point. It's just like that. That frustrates me more than the art. The stupid templating and whoever decided to mash these these just two styles of, of just art and frame that don't mix. Now those that person we can talk smack on. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's like a group decision. It's 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 Gavin. Yeah, yeah it's like that's a group decision <laughs> made by a lot of people, and it's you know it's a choice they've made, and they also I, I like to think that maybe the people who designed the template and magic cards have some kind of design background but we'll never know but i just think it's extremely tacky it's extremely insensitive disrespectful and you just look like a fucking clown like <laughs> and again i know it sounds really elitist and stuff but like you know art galleries are fucking free to go to you don't have to pay to go to an art go to a fucking art gallery and understand what art is <laughs> because like people some people just looking at this being like oh this person must not be talented this isn't very good they shouldn't be able to design magic cards so i'm like yeah are you thick <laughs> like it's just a different style man. it's just a different style to, to what you're used to what you're used to seeing on a magic card and it, I, it's just ridiculous because it has these block colors and like sure the the uh the bowl of fire that this person's holding Right, like the like little stone bowl with three tongues of flame yeah. coming out of it. It looks very simple. It's very simplistic. That's the point because it's juxtaposed next to an insanely detailed photorealistic representation of an arm. Like it looks like a photo, <laughs> and then they've put it next to this extremely simplistic, almost looks like a cut out of a piece of card stuck onto it bowl. And that's the point. It's an artistic choice they've made. I don't care if you don't like it. Just understand that that's not bad art, and you look like a dickhead, 
and you're being mean for yeah. no reason. And again, you look like a dickhead. <laughs> this is terrible. You just look like you're there uneducated. Are, there... It's uh... yeah. There are th- thirteen different printings of Faithless Suit, and go play one of the other twelve. Like yeah, and shut up about it. And I won't because I've given all of my friends a lengthy earful about <laughs> about this fucking art, um, and they don't deserve that. But uh, you know, I'm just sick of. Uh, I, I I am, and it is again. It is very elitist of me to say, but I'm sick of people not understanding art, or just dismissing like literally like <laughs> art is free to look at. Spend some time looking at art, and it moves you. It's cool. Like you can understand things. You can look at things from a different perspective like maybe not thinking this was made on MS Paint and maybe you'll understand something better and also the main thing is it's I mean, extremely if, tacky if this, if this was done on MS Paint give them a pay <laughs> yeah, rise yeah. like <laughs> man it's just it's it's really it's really pissed me off just seeing a bunch of people who don't know what they're talking about just shitting on an artist for work they've done and like I said like I, there's a bunch, bunch, bunch of art I do not like on Magic Cards I, I, I yep, discreetly same. choose not to play that art and you know, unless the artist is you know a scumbag or a turf or a rapist, in which case I will make it very well known that I'm not playing their art. But if it's just art I don't like, I discreetly choose a different copy of that card. Do not play that art, and move on. Do that. You can buy copies of Faithless Link for twenty p. Go do that. And shut up about it. Man, I'm sure I came off badly in that rant, <laughs> but I think I got my point across. Yeah. No, I I, I fully agree. I fully agree. Yeah. Again, you can not like it. If you don't like it, that's fine. I understand. You, you, you're allowed to not like art. You're allowed to not like specific pieces of art, but specifically going online and just jizzing over your keyboard about it is uh, not it. So anyway, um, <laughs> some, fully with you some of these one. cards are illegal and historic. Why don't you talk about that now? <laughs> yep, so this this is a thing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, 63 Mystical Archive cards. And we have seven of them, which aren't going to be legal and historic. The rest are all going to be legal and historic. I could not have told you, just looking at the list of cards, which were going to be historically legal and not. Because there are some that are historically legal that I would have definitely picked to not be. (laughs) So, out of the ones that we've got, the seven that are going to be banned in historic are Channel. That makes sense. Um, We have Ulamog in the format, and... He can already con- cast Ulamog on, on turn two, relatively consistency. We don't want to see any more decks where you can do mm-hmm. that, so that makes sense. Uh, counter spell. I, I, I mean, I don't really know why this one's on there, but I sure, know, I know sure. Uh, yeah. Be- yeah, because it doesn't make a flashy animation when you cast counter spell. That's, that's exactly it. Creatures yeah. are fun and interesting uh, and can be animated. Spells lesser. Yep. Uh, Dark Ritual, which is is probably fair. Uh, yeah. I mean, we have we have other other ways to generate fast mana, but I I mean, given given that we've got like tendrils of agony in the format now because of the mystical archives, and I understand Dark Ritual not being here. Uh, Demonic Tutor. Again, I can fully understand why Demonic Tutor is not legal and historic. Demonic Tutor is very very good. Reason it's not legal in Legacy. Uh, lightning bolt, which I I am a hundred percent ready to die on the hill. That lightning bolt should not be legal and historic. I fully fully agree with this one. Much the the chagrin of like every other arena player apparently. I I think 
Lightning Bolt looks really strange and jarring being on a list of cards like Channel, like Demonic <laughs> Tutor, like Dark Ritual. Yeah. It looks really jarring. It looks like it shouldn't belong on mm-hmm. there. I agree. But I think the issue is with Lightning Bolt is that it's not just removal, it's also a threat. And the best decks in Historic currently are you know, the mono-red decks, the Rakdos decks. These decks that would just get better by giving the light, light, Lightning Bolt. And I think if you were going to make Lightning Bolt legal in in Historic, which I, I think they could in the future, I think 100% they could in the future, but I think if they were to do that now, they would have to ban something from those decks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I just I don't know what it, uh, realistically I don't think it adds anything to the format other than making the best decks even better and 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 that's not good in my opinion. Yeah. Like if you're playing a red deck, like you, you already have like if you're playing mono red, then you already have access to like two pseudo lightning bolts anyway in like Wizard Lightning and uh, the the Rakdos one. What's it called? Pass. Not light up the stage. This one. Uh, uh, skewer the critics. That's yeah. the one, yeah. Skew the critics. Like you, you already have like pseudo, like eight lightning bolts in your deck anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. And yeah, like so, I I understand why it looks wrong being on this list. I understand why people are upset, but I also think those people are bad at threat evaluation. Yeah. Can you can you drag a subset of the magic community so I don't look as bad? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then the other two cards uh, are Natural Order, which, uh, again, 100% should not be legal in Historic. Uh, we can already get Crater Hoof Behemoth out fast enough. We don't want it to get it out uh, as early as turn 3. Uh, and Swords of Plowshares, which is the one that I think is absolutely ridiculous, because Swords of Plowshares is is just a very good answer, and all we have in Arena are very good threats. I, I, would, I, would, I would do anything for Swords of Plowshares in Arena. Just all, like... Path to Exile, like, give us a way to deal with a turn 2 Muxus, because there isn't. Yep. That's that's all I want. Yep. I, I think Swords of Plowshares would be far more reasonable than Lightning Bolt. Like, you, even, you've got rid of Teferi, so you can counter that Swords of Plowshares if that's what we're doing. Like, but I would just just like some way to deal with like the, the turn 2 Ulamogs, the turn 2 Muxuses. Like, yeah, it doesn't happen every game, but Consistently, those decks are casting those things on on turn four, and in a lot of the time, if you're playing a control deck or, or a deck that's playing any kind of removal to deal with those bigger threats, you just you're just not able to deal with them. Yep. It's it's frustrating that we don't have answers as powerful as threats, and that was something that was very very true in standard with uh, when Collector Company was a thing. It was something that we saw time and time again. People saying, "Oh, why is why is Coco so good?" She, we don't have we don't have the good powerful answers. We saw it again with Armanket, like we don't have the good powerful answers for the graveyards, and we're just seeing it once again. And I'm sure there's probably a like a reason for this in terms of of like like a visual reason for this, like in terms of of, of creatures are fun and on the board and games aren't meant to to last. For, for you know, twenty thirty minutes a game, it's meant to be five minutes done, jump into the next one. Five minutes done, jump into the next one. Oh, you lost. All right, throw your money back in, play again. But I, I just, I just wish, I just wish we got answers that were as powerful as threats. It's a, it's a combination of of that, like the the sort of the slot machine effect, or the arcade machine effect. Yeah. 
And just that creatures, you know, once you've learned that creatures are far more engaging for newer players than spells. It's, it's you you remember yeah. far more the, yeah, totally. the games where you land that turn two Muxus or you land a huge Death Shadow and your opponent doesn't deal with it and you get to just crush them than they do the game where they had to play around Source to Power Shadows or Path to Exile or Efficient Removal. Um, and that's far more engaging. It's it's far more interesting for newer players to... Because to, there's seasoned paper boomers who, who love the interactive games, who love to have decision-making and play around certain stuff. And, like, if you're trying to get people to play your game, the thing you want them to do is make big, stupid creatures and have them murder your opponent. That's far more fun. Yeah. And I understand it. I, I yeah. disagree with it from, that, a, from it. a good yeah. gameplay point of view, but I understand it. That's it. I'm very much on that hill as well. Like, I, I fully understand it, but I, I don't agree with it. But at the same time, I'm, I'm not going to go shit my pants in Marco, Marco's Waters Twitter mentions, am I? Like... Are you not? You're a magic yeah. player, right? That sounds like the kind of thing you'd do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, you know, I, I know, I know they're not going to do anything. I know they're just not going to do anything. What you've got to do is is turn up to their uh, to their office with a, with a with a big sign saying, "Ban this or unban this." Yeah, do that. Have you considered doing uh, that about not, splitting the twenty yeah. I think it'd go really well. Uh, I mean, you know, it worked for Sensei's Divine Top, didn't it? So <laughs> why not? Yeah. Uh, are there any okay so of all the cards left that are legal for historic which yeah. are you Joe Lan, most excited for um so the one I am most excited for is probably Time Warp yes I think as they were being pre- previewed I got very very excited about uh, first of all Mind's Desire because cool, we get Storm in Historic, like actual factual Storm, that's cool, that's exciting uh, and then not long after that we got uh, we got Tendrils of Agony and I was like okay, yeah, this is very exciting, we have actual factual good Storm spells but I think with Dark Ritual being banned and just having quite a very good I guess, I guess feel for the format since it's like the only way I play Magic these days, bizarrely <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I don't think Either of those are going to be particularly good in historic. They'll be very fun, very very fun, and I've certainly seen a minds deck that I want to play, but I don't think they're going to be very good. Time warp, on the other hand, I think is going to be absolutely fantastic. Uh, I've seen a very very good deck. Um, Mason Clark posts up on on Twitter called All Turns No Friends, uh, which is just just a bunch of time walks and a bunch of fogs and regrowths, and it's amazing. It's Definitely what I'm going to be playing week one of Historic. Uh, you play four copies of Time Warp, four copies of Alron's Epiphany. Uh, you're playing two copies of Teferi, Master of Time. You're playing Haze of Pollens, you're playing Regrowths, you're playing Tamio, Collector of Tales. You're playing Nissa who shakes the world. You're, just, you're taking infinite turns, essentially, and just, just winning whatever way you can. Sounds... Um, most likely it's just going to be by beating down with two 1-1s one in the Sounds... air. Sounds... Uh, miserable, which for Arena, I guess, is the plan. <laughs> Make your opponent concede as quickly as possible. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I I think it's great, and I love it. I I really like what all of these cards bring to Historic. To be honest, I think there's there's some some definitely good cards and interesting cards for the format. Uh, I I've been playing a an Esper control deck that I just just brewed myself that I really enjoy. I really like having Day of Judgment in the format now because it means I can take out the Shadow of the Sky, which which sometimes sucks because your opponent has creatures with 
four CMC or more, and I don't play any creatures. Yeah. Uh, sorry, with four power or more, so they get to draw a card. Whereas if I could just replace my my four Shot of the Sky with four Day of Judgment, that's going to feel very good yes. for me. Happy about that. Uh, and yeah, Brainstorm. Brainstorm's going to be fun in the format as well. It's going to be yeah. good. Uh, I think. I also think that. Oh, I think go ahead. The, the, the only thing with the Storm cards is Grape Shot is also here. For some yeah, reason, yeah. and as we were saying earlier, um, Bergy, Bergy, and yeah. the the new thing that it has Magecraft make a treasure might make that a possibility. Might make grape shot. Yeah, a I think so. I think there's there's definitely something there. Yeah. Definitely, like you can already do things in standard with that card and, and, and Bergy. I think adding grape shot into the mix just just makes that kill a little bit faster and a little bit more inevitable so i i wouldn't be surprised to see that at all uh and then the other thing which i i think we're really going to see a lot of in the format as well is is faithless looting i think faithless looting is a really big one for the format uh, i wouldn't be surprised to see it maybe get banned at some point as well uh again the best decks in the format currently at least from my experience, are, are the Rakdos like sacrifice decks? Uh, they're powering things out into the graveyard uh, with like Stitcher Supplier and stuff at the moment. I think sticking Faithless Looting in that deck makes that even better. And then also it brings Arclight Phoenix to the table, which is something that you haven't really been able to do in Historic. Faithless Looting and Brainstorm are going to be absolutely fantastic for for Phoenix decks. I think Phoenix is going to be a good, very good, very competitive deck in the format and that, that's cool that's yeah. cool I like genuinely wouldn't be surprised to see Faithless Looting Band at some point I, I think I think it is it's an incredibly powerful card we've seen it do things do ridiculous things in modern it's it banned there for good reason and yeah, it's it's just doing the thing that I think Lightning Bolt would do and just given given the best deck uh, a whole new more powerful tool so I think it's going to be one to watch. I can only sure. assume that Faithless Looting will be banned in Historic for Crimes Against Art. I'll have to log on to my <laughs> computer and put on my arena account and look at that, that art in my house. No way. Uh, but yeah, I think it's very powerful. And Arc Light Phoenix is a cool card that would be nice to see play in Historic. Yeah. Cool. I mean, mainly positives. Which is, again, frustrating, because like, give us sorts of plowshares to deal with the Phoenix. No, how dare you? You've got... Uh, uh, Day of Judgment, which you can cast it. Craft digger's cage. <laughs> That's it. Like we got to settle the wreckage if we get there, but if not, I don't know. I don't know. I I have feelings about historic. Yes, same. But I have feelings about all bits of magic. <laughs> yeah, same. And speaking of feelings about all bits of magic, we could probably drag this on for another yeah. hour, but we we are approaching that second hour. I think it's pretty much all we had time for this week, unless there was anything else you wanted to touch on quickly before we go. I mean, we can talk about the crux of fate, mystical archive, if you want. Yeah, go for it. I don't know, man. I'm not in possession of all the facts, but what I'm saying is go look up Crux of Fate Mystical Archive on Twitter and stuff, and you'll find some interesting things that I hope are addressed at some point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, allegedly. So th this is something that you see quite a lot in the world of comic book art. Um, the Allegedly, the artist uh, has has done what is referred to in, in the comic world of, of, is swipe. So they've done a swipe of... of some Nicol Bolas art from a, from a different artist. Uh, there's there's a good video and quite a few good posts on on Reddit and Twitter, sort of explaining it and show, showing where the art comes from and how it fits in. 
and yeah that that sucks like taking somebody's art and not crediting them sucks yep. like I, I fully understand like I would fully get it if they were just looking at art for inspiration but then they, they've done like a full on swipe like you can no, they've allegedly done a full on swipe like you, you can you can take a look at the video where like they cut out the individual bits of art and they're they rotated and it all fits absolutely perfectly and it's all just the same so that that sucks to see see that that trend yeah. that we, we we do absolutely see in in the the comic book world bleed through into the magic art world and I, I hope that that is something that is addressed and that you know the very least a, an apology or some sort of credit is is handed out to to that person though who did the original yeah, art. it's it's fan art right of, of nickel Ballas that someone put on their deviant art account yeah. Um, I believe the timestamp is from 2016, um, and it's you say something like that. Kind yeah. of frustrating because the the artist credited for this crux of fate printing is Jason Felix, who is a big name yeah. and has done many magic cards and uh, kind of wild to have him be the uh, be accused of this. But I, yes, yes, and like again, like. If you look at the comic art world, like some of the biggest names in 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 comic book art, like are notorious for it, you know, especially in the nineties, like Rob Liefeld has has, has swiped from so many other artists. Yeah, but like, you know, he's it's it's just a thing. It's 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 scummy, but it's such it's 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 such a thing that happens. So I I'm not massively surprised, but I am definitely disappointed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, go look uh, the. Twitter account of this person who is you know who's saying this is stolen art you can go to OMG scary pet on Twitter and they've posted a video about um, Jason Felix apparently stealing their art go watch it and make your own choice because I don't want to get done for defamation <laughs> well I guess the uh, the next printing of Dismember will have a completely new artist right oh, oh no did he did Dismember he did. I just picked up all border Japanese ones of those because I wanted to replace the goddamn three snails ones I've got. Oh, it's Jason <laughs> Fitz. Mm. Let's end the episode before I get angry about something else. <laughs> cool. So it's pretty much all we have time for this week. Uh, how how do you feel about? I mean, we've, we've it's quite a long episode. We've spoken about quite a lot of things this week. Uh, come, let us know your feelings on any of them. Let us know how you feel about faithless looting in particular. I'm sure that'll be fun to to get into on Twitter. You come, come hit us up on Twitter at, at hfdcast, facebook.com/hfdcast. Or if you want to find me on my own personal social media on Twitter, I'm at peachgardenoaf. It's over with an F. Facebook, I'm Joe Loudon. You can find me in pretty much any of the magic groups. Probably just just talking about art, I guess, at the moment. It's a thing. Uh, or you can find me on Twitch every Friday night. I stream something magic related. We do all sorts of things. We do cube crafts. We did Time Spiral Remastered Draft. We might do another one of those. And then Saturday, Sunday, sort of alternate, we do a variety of different things. Come check me out. It's twitch.tv slash peachgardenow. You can find me on Twitter popping off about all sorts of things at Sneal69. Nice. Thanks. Man, that's really annoying me about Jason Felix. I hope you yeah, says something. I guess as yeah, as somebody who has been big into uh into I guess like mainstream comics for like most of my life, then I, I am very familiar with, with this concept if if that is what has happened here. So I'm not surprised by it at all really, but I I'm definitely disappointed. Yeah. It's a bummer. Anyway. Yeah. 
on that note, that's pretty much what we have time for this week. Once again, we're approaching the second hour. The Godfarer has returned, so see you again next week on Arrow to the Station.